Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. It's your old pal, Grant Sanders, from the Sand Studio and the Clienting Podcast. This week, we are providing an encore episode, episode number 45 from last year this time. It was the episode where we talked about the Super Bowl, the ads that ran on the Super Bowl last year, and how somewhat disappointing they were. So we can play a little game now. You can listen to this episode and then use it as a way to judge the ads from this year's Super Bowl, right? Let's get started. Here you go. Episode 45 from last year, Super Bowl ads postmortem. Hey, everybody. It's a few days after the Super Bowl. There are some excellent lessons to be learned for both agencies and clients. Welcome to Clienting. So hi, everyone. It's your old pal, Grant Sanders, from Clienting and from Sand. And uh, you know what? It's a couple of days after the Super Bowl. And and let's talk a little bit about how awful most of the ads were and why. And, you know, there were a couple of good spots that were produced for the Super Bowl. But generally speaking, a lot of misses, you know, just basically generally terrible, right? Um, Many marketers and agencies should be ashamed of themselves for peddling that stuff. There was a ton of borrowed interest and there was a ton of relying on nostalgia to get a message across, which in a lot of situations fell flat and um, basically treating consumers like morons, which, you know, is never a good idea. But anyway, Let's, you know, let's, let's first play a little game called, uh, unaided recall. Okay. It's two, it's two days, three days after the Super Bowl, And, you know, here's, I, you know, got up this morning and I wrote down, here's what I remember two days later. You'd think I'd remember a lot, right? Because I'm in this industry and I, I watch the ads with intent and, and I watch them with analysis. And here's basically all that I remember from the dozens of of TV spots that were aired during the Super Bowl. Ready? I remember the Scrubs guys and John Travolta singing a song from Greece. I remember the Jesus spots. Okay. I remember the Tubi spots. The farmer's dog, dog food spots were lovely. And, you know, despite the fact that they're completely unbelievable, those were those I remember. And then I have this general sort of amorphous affinity for nostalgia, like the Breaking Bad spoof and the Clueless spoof and the Walking Dead spoof. And then I remember a whole lot of wasted money. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about why I remember the things I remember. The, you know, the, the T-Mobile spot with the guys from Scrubs and John Travolta singing. Um, I remember that because that was the one ad that snuck past my radar screen before the Super Bowl. I saw that ad on YouTube, and then when I saw it on the Super Bowl, it was reinforced. So, you know, not a bad strategy to get your ads out there ahead of the Super Bowl, even though, let's face it, it sort of ruins the surprise. Um, And also catchy tune and, you know, John Travolta singing and dancing. Who doesn't love that, right? Um. I remember the Jesus spots because obviously they're controversial and, you know, when 
the son of God spends, you know, $7 million for an ad on the Super Bowl, you, you kind of remember. But also, I remember those spots because they were super well done. They were black and white stills. There was a good voiceover and music. And, you know, it was generally, generally a really good um, showing for Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Um, I'm joking there. Yeah, but the ads were good. The ads were well done. Um, the strategy was well done. There was a lot going for the Jesus ads. Um, uh, it, it fell down in one area. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I remember the Tubi spots because I was thinking, okay, here is another world that somebody has created for us to understand and love and fall in love with. And they actually had an idea and a story and you know, those, those spots took me to another place. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, this is why I got into advertising in the first place to do work that broke ground like these spots did. And I thought they were, you know, tactically good, um, artistically well-made and generally, um, strategically sound. Um, the farmer's dog spot was just like, you know, if you're a dog person, you understand, you want your dogs to live forever. And, uh, you know, the fact that this, this chocolate lab lived to be like 43 years old, I'm, I'm joking. The, it, the dog had to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 or 20 years old for the spot to make sense. I don't know many, many 18 year old labs, or I can't remember many 18 year old labs. I've had a couple myself. Um, but that was just good storytelling, really nicely done and relevant and, heartfelt and, uh, you know, good stuff, good stuff. Um, so now let's talk about next year. Okay. If you're an advertiser, you're a client and you're thinking, I want to advertise on the Super Bowl. Okay. Here's the checklist that we need to cover off on, right? If you want to advertise on the Super Bowl, here are the things that you need to remember and keep in mind before you go and pull the trigger on that media buy because it's a lot of money, right? First off, pharmaceutical companies, stop. Just please stop. We know you have money to spend. We know that there's a large audience that you can reach on the Super Bowl, but your ads are not better or more effective because they are running on the Super Bowl. Okay, just keep your list of harmful side effects to the evening news, please. Okay, but better yet, better yet, don't advertise anymore. If I could wave a magic wand and tell the pharmaceutical companies what to do, I would say, do not advertise. Don't spend your money on this stuff. It's generally speaking, it's immoral. Okay, it's unethical for pharmaceutical companies to advertise their products. They should get their product information in front of doctors and let doctors make that decision. Don't involve the consumer in that decision. Okay. The consumer gets to make the choice to take the meds or not. When they talk to their doctor, let them talk to their doctor. You're not, you're not doing anybody any favors, you know, take all that extra money that you have because our healthcare system is so ridiculously out of whack and put it into wellness or put it into promoting universal health care. If you want to do something good, okay? If you don't want to do something good, then just stay off the Super Bowl, okay? Keep clogging up the evening news with your 
anxiety-ridden. Ask your doctor if smaflaglinine is right for you. Just it, just stop, okay? It's just the worst advertising on TV. All right, now let's get back. That was that was my little ad within an ad here uh, to to stop the pharmaceutical companies. So here's your checklist if you want to advertise next year on the Super Bowl. First off, have an idea. It's that simple, okay? And when I say have an idea, I mean dig, find an insight, and leverage that insight, okay? Tubi had an idea, right? They took that idea of of falling down the rabbit hole and they brought it to life with these giant rabbits dragging people and throwing them in holes. So it, 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 it was unexpected and different and fun and magical, right? Jesus had an idea too. They did a good job. And like I said, those ads failed for other reasons, but we'll, and we'll talk about that further. Okay. So that's number one, have an idea. It's as simple as that. Have an idea. If you don't have an idea, don't write that check. Number two, have a strategy. Okay. Now let's hire a celebrity is not a strategy. It only serves sports stars and celebrities, you know, who did we see on, who did we see on the Super Bowl? All right. We saw Serena Williams, awful stuff. I love Serena, Adam Driver. Why was, why is he even, I, I don't get that. Sylvester Stallone. Why did they hire Sylvester Stallone? I I don't even remember the product that I remember his face on the side of a mountain, but I don't remember anything else. Um, Brie Larson and John Hamm for Hellman's Mayonnaise. First of all, no one eats a ham and brie sandwich. That's just a bad, bad connection. And and second, why is Pete Davidson in that ad? I it makes no sense. Makes no. That's not a strategy. Ben Stiller, not a strategy. Steve Martin, not a strategy. Workday went all in on this. Let's hire celebrities as a strategy. Um, and they put money in the pockets of a lot of aging rock stars, which, you know, I appreciate because, um, I love some aging rock stars, but they didn't sell their product. You know, I, I had to go online and check to see what Workday does. And you know what? They don't do anything I need and they probably don't do anything you need either. They, they advertise and market to a very specific subset of business people and they should be going directly to those people. Hiring a bunch of aging rock stars to be on the Super Bowl is not going to push their brand forward, right? Jack Harlow and Elton John for Doritos. Does that make sense? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. I mean, it was a nice little story and everything, a nice little made up world, but I'm just, I, I just think that it wasn't interesting enough. It was, it was just following a formula. Um, I will say this though, Ben Affleck. And Jennifer Lopez for Dunkin' Donuts. That was entertaining. It was very entertaining. But I, w- but I would argue that that spot and the publicity around it did more for Ben Affleck's brand than it did for Dunkin' Donuts. Do you think that having Ben Affleck hand coffee to people through a drive-thru is going to get people to buy more coffee or more donuts? I'm not sure. I think it's better for Ben Affleck than it is for Dunkin' Donuts. I'm not sure Dunkin' Donuts really needed to run that spot. They're pretty popular around these parts. 
You are listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of the client-creative relationship. If you like Clienting, please tell a friend and visit us at client-ing.com and review us on iTunes. Now back to our show. Another thing that is not a good strategy is to highlight an unimportant feature of your product for the sake of what? Memorability? So the fact that Doritos is a triangle, that's a, I'm not sure that that makes any sense. The fact that Crown Royal is made in Canada, is that, is everybody looking for a great thing made in Canada? A great whiskey made in Canada? Is, or do they care about other aspects of a whiskey brand? You know, taking an unimportant feature and highlighting it and blowing it up could make for a different kind of ad, but it's not necessarily a good strategy. Okay, number three on your checklist. Be remembered. Do something worth talking about, right? Worth laughing at, worth pausing over, worth sharing with your friends. Be different, okay? A lot of what we saw on Sunday followed this well-worn formula that no longer works, you know? It's like... It's like the people that were creating these spots were big fans of previous Super Bowl ads and not big fans of life, not big fans of art or literature or, or world history. They were big fans of previous Super Bowl ads with celebrities in them. You know, that, you know at one time, spending that kind of money on a celebrity was different, right? Right? When, uh, when Pepsi put Michael Jackson in a Pepsi commercial, that was, that was kind of different back then. Now it's just, we're just lousy with celebrities. And there's so many celebrities on Super Bowl ads that nobody remembers them. What do we remember? We remember Tubi and Jesus, right? Two things that we remember for different reasons, not because they're celebrities. Although one could argue Jesus, pretty big, pretty big name out there. Number four, don't borrow. Okay. Now this is going to be hard for a lot of people to get their heads around. Um, creativity is not when you take something that's popular and stand on top of it to make yourself popular. That's not creativity. That's just borrowed interest. So when you bring in Elton John or you bring in the cast of Breaking Bad or you do a, a send up of the movie Clueless with Alicia Silverstone and poor Alicia Silverstone. Well, actually not poor Alicia Silverstone because she got paid. So good for her. Good on you, Alicia. But the brand that paid Alicia Silverstone, I'm, I'm willing to bet that five out of 10 people can't remember the brand and three out of those five can't pronounce it correctly. All right. That's what I'm willing to bet. Borrowed interest is a disease, okay? We think that just because something is related to something that that makes it creative. But creativity is when you take two things that that people know and you put them together to make something completely different. That's what creativity is. So when Tubi took this saying about falling down the rabbit hole and then this this magical world of giant rabbits kidnapping people that was that was magical because it was creative because it took a couple of different concepts that people understood and smashed them together and 
produce something that was totally unexpected. That's creativity. Everything else, borrowed interest. Borrowed interest. It's not worth it. Number five, and you know, I've said this a few times, make it relevant. Is Breaking Bad and methamphetamine relevant to snack foods? Well, you know, one could argue yes, but I'm not sure that the brand really thought that one through, right? Um, should they go there? Is that is that relevant? Um, there are, you know, there are a lot of people out there that have never seen Breaking Bad. So the, they, and I'm pretty sure that they are consumers of snack foods. So there's a, a good chunk of people who didn't get the joke and won't buy that product because they didn't understand the ad, right? And they're, they're not necessarily, I mean, they're probably turned them off that a show that they didn't like in the first place was, is hawking their snack foods probably is not a good thing for that subset of consumers out there that eat snacks, but don't watch Breaking Bad. Right? So all I'm saying is make a relevant connection between your audience and your brand. Make the connection relevant. Don't make it weak. A weak connection, weak relevance is very, very difficult to pull off. And last but not least, if you're going to advertise on the Super Bowl, have a good product, right? And, and the best example of not having a good product to advertise on the Super Bowl is Jesus bleep Christ, right? Jesus, a $100 million ad spend, which, you know, is basically what this organization is spending to get these messages out. A $100 million ad spend is not going to make up for a couple thousand years of bad branding, all right? A lot of things have been done in the name of Christianity that have really tarnished Christianity. And I, you know, I understand why they're advertising. A lot of people would say, you know, Jesus would not spend a hundred million dollars. Um, he would use that money to feed the poor. Well, back in his day, Jesus did what he did because that was what was available to him. He, you know, built a following, right? So I think they're pretty much just trying to do the same thing. But the reason the Jesus ads were well done was because they were well crafted and they, they were on strategy and they had a good message, but they fell down because the product does not stand up to scrutiny. All you need to do is Google this organization that put these ads out and you'll find out that some of the folks that have donated to this nonprofit are responsible for some really evil stuff. Okay. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, have a good product. Um, there's, I understand why they want to advertise. I understand why they want to get the word out because Christianity is, is on the decline, right? In a couple decades, there are going to be more people who say they are not religious in this country than there will be religious people, right? Um, right now, 80% of the population says they don't belong to a church or a synagogue or a mosque, right? 80% say they don't belong to a religious organization. Um, they still consider this themselves Muslims or Christians or Jews, but religion is on the decline. Why? A whole lot of bad behavior, a whole lot of, you know, pro-scientific thinking. Now, I, you know, I'll be the first person to admit that I got soured on Christianity at a very young age. And um, full disclosure, I am a scientifically aligned, non-religious person. 
I don't like the, I don't like the labels like atheist or agnostic or secular humanist. Um, I just believe in being good to people and, you know, understanding things. Right. So, you know, having a good product is, is really critically important. If you don't have a good product and you can't stand up to the media scrutiny that, that the spotlight that the Super Bowl is going to shine on your brand, don't do it. Right. So there was one advertiser that was guilty of, of breaking all of these rules, these, these not checking any of these boxes. Okay. And I'll go through the check boxes again. Right. The first one is have an idea. The second one is have a strategy, right? The third one is be remembered. The fourth one is don't borrow. Number five, make it relevant. And number six, have a good product, right? And there was one advertiser that was guilty of all of these things. <laughs> and that advertiser that wins the, you know, the, the, what I think is the worst ad on the Super Bowl, not because it was a bad ad, I'm sure some people were were entertained by it briefly, but because it just didn't have the things that you need in order to win on the Super Bowl, right? Um, and that advertiser was Crown Royal, okay? They hired Dave Grohl, and so they hired a celebrity. That's not a strategy, folks. They highlighted an unimportant feature of their product, that it's made in Canada, I'm Pretty sure that whiskey drinkers aren't necessarily interested in things in where it's made, right? There's a whiskey that's made here on Nantucket, and I don't think that that the fact that it's made on Nantucket is a big selling point. The fact that it's good whiskey is a is a good selling point. The fact that it's won every major spirits award out there for quality is another reason why you might want to try it. But not that it was made on Nantucket. I mean, Nantucket has cachet for lots of reasons, but not if you're making a spirit. And the same is true of Canada, right? So, you know, they didn't they didn't have an idea, right? Crown Royal. They they didn't have a strategy. They just hired a celebrity, and they and they and essentially, you know, buying an ad on the Super Bowl is kind of like purchasing a billboard in Times Square, right? Unless you are the loudest and brightest and the most audacious, you're not going to get remembered, right? And Crown Royal completely got lost in the shuffle, even though they spent a lot of money producing that ad, you know? Um, the, the guideline, don't borrow. They borrowed all kinds of, you know, that, that spot was all borrowed interest. All these things that were created in Canada and also, by the way, basketball, created in the United States by a Canadian. Yeah, maybe, but he did it in the U S um, hockey was created in Canada, by the way. And maybe that's where this Canadian got the idea for basketball, but I digress. Make it relevant. Did crown Royal make anything relevant to anyone? I don't, I don't think so. It was, it went over a lot of people's heads and you know, do they have a good product? I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. I, um, thank goodness I don't drink. But, uh, my understanding from people who do drink is that Crown Royal is not the, is not the whiskey that people just go on and on about. Right. So this idea of Crown Royal winning the Super Bowl, I think that they lost 
in a big way. I think they spend, they spent millions and millions of dollars. Crown Royal, you give me, you give me half the budget that you spent on that ad and, and I can do amazing things, but it's just such a, an awful waste of money. You know, they put a lot of care and like I said, a lot of money into creating that ad. It was well-directed. Dave Grohl did a great job, you know, love Dave Grohl, love Foo Fighters. I think he's amazing. I think, um, you know, his musicianship and his approach to things like guitars and drums and music in general is brilliant and new and different. But as a spokesperson for Canadian whiskey, I'm not sure. Not sure, folks. Not sure. Anyway, so that's my take on the Super Bowl. I know a lot of people do these things, these Super Bowl recaps. And I, I just, I think it's important for any advertiser, not just the ones that have the kind of money that they can throw around on the Super Bowl, but any advertiser to understand what they need to do to, to stand out in, in the marketplace. Have an idea, have a strategy, do something memorable, you know, do something relevant and don't just create advertising, create a great product, great products sell, you know, um, bad products are are easily killed with good advertising, as they say. The best way to kill a, a bad product is with good advertising. Because, you know, people find out. People people take notice. And you know what? People talk. People talk on the internet. They talk on Facebook. They share things more readily now. So if your brand is not buttoned up and ready to go on the Super Bowl or any marketplace, then, you know, there's just it's just important to think these things through first. Okay. As much as I love Pete Davidson, I don't really love Pete Davidson. I don't even understand why Pete Davidson is a celebrity, but you know, that's no reason. That's no reason. (laughs) I guess that's the point that there's no reason for Pete Davidson to be in the ad, which makes it creative. Right. Anyway, that's my recap on the Super Bowl. Uh, I hope that this has helped people understand uh, things better from a creative standpoint and from a, a clienting standpoint. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. If you enjoy this podcast, you know what? It would really help us if you were to like it and subscribe and also write a review on the Apple podcast app that helps us immensely. If you like this podcast, write a review. If you don't like this podcast, write me an email and tell me why. Because, you know, the great thing about a podcast is we have the ability to adapt to the needs and desires of our marketplace, unlike Crown Royal. Um, So uh, this is your old pal Grant Sanders saying, until next time, be well. You've been listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of client-creative relationships. For more, visit us at client-ing.com. And sign up to receive helpful info about making the work better. That's the goal. Better work. The Clienting Podcast was produced by Ray McSriff, with help from Scott Dork and edited by Bobson Dugnut and Willie Dustis. Technical support by Mike Truck. Music by Anatoly Smorin. Creative support from Sonny Sanders and Tony Smerick. Special thanks to Anson Sweeney and Kevin Nogilny and the amazing Lisa Furland. This is your host, Grant Sanders. See you next time.